0: Hello, and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk podcast. Today is Saturday, May 23rd, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Shane Caldwell, to break down some wonderful Texas football. We're talking the Texans today. We got some uh, exciting things to talk about. I know you're pretty fired up about a few players in particular, uh, but more or less, you know, it's Saturday. It's a little rainy over here. How's it looking over there in Michigan?
1: uh not too bad it's a partly cloudy but we're getting that summer weather feel where it's going to get up into the high 70s to 80s so Uh, you know, and it's Memorial Day weekend. So yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be getting out and about. Hopefully they're staying safe while they're out there. Uh, But yeah, it is interesting. You can see that people are are getting outside. A lot of people are going to their cottages here in Michigan. That's a big thing here. And I think a lot of people have cabin fever, so they're ready to get outside for sure.
0: I'm ready to grill, man. (laughs) I already got the burgers and dogs ready for tomorrow. It's supposed to be, it's going to rain today, beautiful tomorrow, but I'll be grilling and chilling. Uh, what's yeah. my favorite part of summer. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, happy Memorial day to all of our listeners. You guys get out there and enjoy it. Make sure you bring your headphones. you have the pot in your ear, uh, or, you know, just maybe, you know, chill out, get in the lawn chair, put it on video, come look at our ugly mugs, uh, and, uh, tell us what you think. So but we're gonna we're gonna talk about a little bit of uh what you know what the Texas uh, did clearly last season some of their you know early numbers uh, you know defensively offensively I'll pass it over to Shane he'll uh, break down some of their offseason changes but uh, we got a lot to get to man because there's a lot of offensive skill position players uh, that that we need to mention and that's basically what we're talking about for DFS man a lot of a lot of boomer bust type plays that we're gonna talk about so I'll quickly I'll quickly just get into the Texas uh, Texans. I always say Texas Texans stats last season. As far as offense, points forced 378, uh, 78. They ranked 14th. Yards 5,792, 13th ranked. Uh, as far as so middle of the pack on offense, pretty much overall. Pass attempts 534, which ranked 20th. Yards 3,783, that ranked 15th. Touchdowns 27, that ranked 12th. Interceptions 14th, ranked 20th. Rushing attempts, 434, ranked 12th. Yards, 2009, uh, with that ranked 9th. Touchdown, 17th, ranked 10th. And yards per attempt, 4.6, which ranked 8th. So pretty good on the ground. And that's, you know, to say mostly behind uh, Carlos Hyde, a little bit of Duke Johnson involved. But uh, definitely, I think, you know, you're going to pretty much harp on that a lot, Shane. Improved running game we're expecting this season, especially with their offensive line. Uh, They get, you know, the requirement of Laramie Tunsil halfway through, uh, you know, really, really helped these numbers, I'm sure, going in. And then defensively, real quickly, uh, points allowed, 385, ranked 19th, yards allowed, 6,213, 28th, Uh, passing attempts, 586 attempts on them for 25th, Uh, yards on them in the air, 4,276 for 29th, Uh, touchdowns in the air, 33, 27th. Interceptions, uh, they only had 12, so that ranked 17th. Rushing attempts, 403, that ranked 10th. Yards on the ground, 1,937, that ranked 25th. Touchdowns on the ground, 12th, that ranked 9th. And then yards per attempt, they allowed 4.8 yards per carry, which ranked 27th in the league. So... Uh, I think that's the theme, and I think that's the theme if you're playing DFS, Shane, and you know this. Uh, The Texans allow points, and they can also put them up. So there's the quick snapshot. Why don't you talk about a little bit what the offseason changes entailed and how we can look forward uh, to how that's going to impact the DFS landscape this season.
1: Yeah, that's why, uh, just like you said, this is a great team for for DFS and for targeting fantasy because of the the game scripts, the the shootouts that they get into, and it's not going to be any different this year, so it's looking great. Uh, Yeah, so additions and subtractions. So obviously you have to address the elephant in the room, the big trade. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins traded to the uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, and then they got uh, they gave up uh, DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth round pick, and then they got back David Johnson, who's going to be their starting running back, and a second round pick as well, and you know and another fourth round pick. Uh, so they were able to pick up an extra draft pick there. Uh, I mean, David Johnson's going to be their starting running back there. So everyone, I know the media hype this as like one of the worst trades ever, and you can certainly make that argument. Um, I think it was a little bit overhyped. Uh, the bottom line is DeAndre Hopkins wasn't going to stay there. He was going to hold out or demand more money, wanted to renegotiate him and Bill O'Brien came to a head. It was going to affect the entire team. So it just, you know, it's unfortunate but that's just the way the way it works sometimes. So I think that uh, David Johnson is going to be a great addition. We'll talk about him. Uh, so I think this team is still going to be fine, though. I think people are overreacting to the effect of DeAndre Hopkins. I know he's one of the best receivers in the game, but they have plenty of weapons still, and it, and they still have Deshaun Watson, who's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. So so I'm not worried about it in terms of the additions. Uh, they also signed Randall Cobb, who's a great slot wide receiver and. They didn't really have that last year. Uh, Kiki Kuti could either not stay healthy or just wasn't producing. So, to have a slot wide receiver that's not, you know, uh, Duke Johnson trying to line up in the slot all the time, you know, it's good to have a dedicated slot receiver. They got Brandon Cooks in a trade uh, with the Rams. So, Brandon Cooks gives them that speed element. So, they can really take the tops off the defense with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks now uh, and it really cause a lot of issues and, and also open up a lot of space. Underneath for those pass catching running backs and tight ends and, you know, uh, Randall Cobbs and those type of guys. Uh, So that's good. Uh, They signed a cornerback Philip Gaines to add extra depth in the cornerback room and Vernon Hargraves as well. Uh, That's kind of a known position of weakness for them is the cornerback position. Uh, They got safety Eric Murray, tackle Brent Cuvell and then uh, defensive back uh, Jalen Watkins as well. Uh, So quite a few additions there. In terms of subtractions, departures, they lost Carlos Hyde, who was their top rushing uh, running back last year with over 1,000 yards. Uh, Obviously, they lost Lamar Miller, which he was lost anyways last year due to injury. So he's a free agent. Who knows if he'll come back? He's had major uh, serious uh, injury issues. Uh, Obviously, they lost DeAndre Hopkins. This was a big one. They lost defensive tackle DJ Reader, who was one of the top nose tackles slash inside defensive tackles. the league last year so that's going to really hurt them from the inside pass rush and it's going to hurt them uh against the run and this defense was already not that great with dj reader so he got big money he went to the Bengals. uh so the loss of dj reader is something you can't ignore they lost outside linebacker Barcavius mingo cornerback jonathan joseph he was kind of a staple there but he was getting a little bit older uh and then uh safety uh jaheel adai uh, safety, Mike Adams, and then the safety, uh, Tayshaun Gibson, who was one of their starting safeties, a coverage safety. Uh, they cut him in April, uh, kind of like right around the draft time. And that was kind of a surprise move. Uh, he was having some injury issues, but he signed with the bears. So there is a, there is a gap there and coverage in the safety in the back in the defensive backfield as well. So you can see how those moves are going to affect this team as well. But again, the defense should be getting up a lot of points and yards And the offense has a lot of weapons, even though it's and it's probably less concentrated on one person for, you know, DeAndre Hopkins had 150 targets that's vacated now. Uh, So that's going to change things. And we'll talk about how we can determine that. Uh, So a lot of changes. uh, But overall, a lot of ways to attack you and and to create mismatch on offense. And the defense is is trying to sort of rebuild. But I don't really see where they're going to be that much better. Uh, right now. So uh, so this is going to be a work in progress, but it looks like a good team. Like we said, I think the theme is high scoring shootout type games, which are which are a good environment for uh, DFS.
0: Yeah, um, um, that seems like exactly what they were doing all last season. And they went 10 and 6. So let's be real. I mean, they they found a way to actually make that work uh, with such a poor defense. And I think Bill O'Brien's kind of seen that. And, you know, he said, hey, we, we, we were that good. Um, we can improve one thing um, with the money that we're going to have, and they chose an offensive line. They, you know, Laramie Tunsil is there. He's one of the best, if not the best, offensive linemen in, in the game right now. So when we think about that, you know, and how much money they spent on him, not a lot is going to be left on defense. So uh, the big area that they needed to address midway through last season that we noticed was their pass protection. They could not buy Watson any single time. It looks like paws were always off of him, and he's a playmaker. He, there's times where he can, you know, make something out of nothing, spin off, get the throw off in time. Um, but you don't want to rely on that. So the money went there, and I think that's kind of good for us. Now we see Watson have a little bit more time, find these guys deep in the corners, go for the underneath routes to these running backs or Cobb, like you said, and then watch the defense just be like a safety valve, just getting opened up and, uh, you know, points on points on points. And that's what we want, these big shootout-type games. I can't remember which team we were talking about together, but they're playing – I think you said they were playing the Texans like week two or three and that we we have to circle that one. I think uh, I, it's the Chiefs. I think it was they the, played was the Chiefs. Chiefs? Beat
1: one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the the NFL kickoff, like the Thursday night. I think it's September 10th. Oh. So yeah, I mean that when you think of that game, because last year the playoff game between these two teams, the divisional round was like 51 to, you know, what was it, 51 to 21 or something like that. It was, uh, yeah, it was something crazy.
0: And it's all about, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, myth in DFS. You know, theory in its own. Some people hate the Thursday games; they tend to be a little bit lower scoring. But it's also the opening game, so you know it's going to be the most popular. Uh, it's going to have the most showdown action on the year, probably, than any other game. So uh, it's going to be that's going to be an interesting one to play. Uh, how you're going to attack that, and which which kind of angles you're going to take. But let's talk about Watson, man. So we'll just we'll just transition right into him. Uh, you know, 15 games last season, 495 attempts. Uh, Completion percentage of about 67.3%, 3,852 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 picks. Uh, you know, good season, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl type season. Um, you know, I don't think anybody's ever surprised. I think Watson's slowly starting to stabilize himself as uh, a secure top five quarterback in this league, top six quarterback in the league. He's part of that younger younger generation overlooked in the in the Baker draft. But, uh, you know, what are, what are your anticipations with now he's got a couple new weapons, a couple new toys? He did lose Hopkins this season. We just talked about that offensive line and having maybe buying him a little bit more time, a few more seconds. Uh, but what do you think that means for Watson, you know, going forward, especially from a DFS angle and lens for the 2020 season?
1: Yeah, I mean, normally when you lose uh, one a top like three wide receiver in the league, you think the quarterback's going to be horrible, you know, the next year. But I don't think that's really the case with Deshaun Watson. He this guy is a dynamic playmaker. He's one of the best off script quarterbacks. He uh, he put up a ton of rushing production, uh, over 400 yards rushing and seven touch rushing touchdowns. So he's a red zone threat. Uh, and I will expect him. I think that he can have a season where he can pass for over 4,000 yards this year and actually get uh, closer to 30 touchdowns passing. I don't know. I'm not going to expect seven rushing touchdowns, but even, even if he can get like four or five rushing touchdowns and still like 400 yards rushing. uh, Yeah. This guy is a, is a top tier uh, quarterback and I'm not really worried about the loss of Hopkins. Cause I think that he has, good running backs and David Johnson, Duke Johnson, we'll talk about, and a ton of weapons uh, for the wide receiver core that he can spread the ball out to all kinds of different people and, and still get his rushing. And then really the offensive line being much improved, he's not running for his life every single play. So they'll have more hmm. time uh, and he's still mobile to make those extra plays and make, you know, make, make, uh, defenders miss and those type of things. So it's, uh, he's got a lot of good things going for him. And I think that, a lot of people are going to be a little bit lower on him because of the fact DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. They're going to be sleeping on him a little bit. Um, so I think I see a lot of these buy low candidates in, in this offense um, because I think the whole DeAndre Hopkins departure, it was major, but it was kind of overhyped as if this team is just going to be horrible now or something, which is not the case. Uh, so, yeah, I would say fire up uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, last year on DraftKings, for example, he was really only six to $7,000 range. And he brought great value. He had his big ceiling game. I think that was against Atlanta, 44 fantasy points, you know, a little over 44 fantasy points. He had games of 36, 31, 31, 30, couple games of 29 or more. So he was consistently bringing you value. So he was bringing you a safe floor and he was bringing you a nice ceiling as well. Uh, so he's great for fantasy and he's the type of guy you can play in cash or GPP games. And I think he's only going to get slightly better this year. Um, and that's, you know, saying something, he's coming off a great year. So definitely, obviously high on this guy. And I feel like he's a little bit of a buy low with people worried about Hopkins departure here.
0: Yeah, I, I think that when you just factor in, you know, he played 15 games last season. He played 16 full season. 4,000 yards is pretty much, I think, a shoe in, uh, you know, I think, you know, we probably can even see something like 42, 43. I'm not going to yep. go out there and say he's going to get close to five. Uh, you know, I don't I don't I don't know if that's his type of offense that they're going to have. I mean, they did bring David Johnson in for a reason. They're going to want to get the Russian game involved, set a play action for them, make their life. Uh, a little easier for these deep threats so but I, I i do think that the hopkins departure was slightly just overblown i mean cook's coming back obviously this isn't hopkins but we have to factor in that david johnson in the passing game is an improvement as well uh you know having a full and healthy uh will fuller for an entire season is something that they never have i mean this could be the year, or it could be another season that he gets hurt we don't know but they still have plenty of weapons for hopkins uh or for watson to work with so um, the seven touchdowns, I, you know, on the ground, I do think a lot of that was due to, you know, the offensive line being poor, having to scramble the play, breaking down and having to make something out of nothing. And during the red zone, um, I think ideally they would like to see that change. I don't think they want him to, you know, be punished on the goal line by two middle linebackers, uh, very often. So I, you know, with David Johnson, I, I would expect maybe you know, he's, he's athletic, he's mobile. I get that. I know that he could rush for seven touchdowns. I wouldn't anticipate for seven touchdowns. I I would set the bar a little bit lower, maybe that four to three range. Um, I think that would be ideal for them. Um, But who really knows? You know, when play breaks down and you're that crazy athletic and you can make something out of nothing, you'll do what you have to do to score. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it happens again. Again, I would say about three or four. That's definitely going to impact the fantasy value. When we look at a lot of those big games, they involve you know, some some rushing. Uh, they involved the rushing touchdown. I know he had I think he had one big game where it was the four touchdown one. Um, those are still going to happen. Obviously, I'm not going to say not. But we also have to keep in mind that how it's going to be a very difficult team to stack as well. A lot of the times when we play a quarterback. We want to be able to get, you know, get two receiving options in there. Uh, maybe it's within the tight end, whatever, whatever it may be. They don't throw to the tight end very often in this offense. So now we're going to have to be sitting here trying to pick or poison between Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills, uh, you know, Randall Cobb. Maybe you're going to go, you, you never want to really pair David Johnson with him. Uh, that kind of eats into its own value. You, you could if he's going to be in, uh, involved in the passing game. Um, and then will fuller so it's it's a very difficult team to stack that's one thing i do want to say it's a great gpp type team because a lot of other people like i just said are going to you know anticipate that it's a very difficult team to stack as well and they might just decide to steer clear of it now you're getting a lot of low ownership type guys with them that you could pair with hop or with uh, watson for that three touchdown game or that four touchdown game that we're hunting
1: yeah i think they're they're uh what you can do is You can play Deshaun Watson naked, obviously. Uh, He has that rushing ability. You know, I always bring it up even if Deshaun Watson only runs for 40 rushing yards, which is very easy for him to do in a game, that's like an extra uh, passing touchdown right there in in terms of fantasy points. So that's huge value there, uh, even if he doesn't score a touchdown, which he's capable of on the ground. Uh, So I think when you look at deciding the receivers, I think Will Fuller is going to be the top guy. We're going to talk about that when we get the receivers. Uh, And I think that. Uh, you got to look at the matchup, the top corner cornerback for the opposing team is probably going to be on Will Fuller most of the time, I think, uh, just depending on if they want to shadow him or not, I can see them shadowing him or matching up a lot. So then you would look at the weakness in the secondary, whether you want to target Randall Cobb and attack a slot position or, uh, a cornerback too, that's really weak, uh, at, at covering deep pass or something you might attack, uh, and go for Brandon cooks there. So depending on the week, um, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll take a look at that, um, uh, and I think definitely pairing him with Will Fuller it, uh, should be a good thing. I think he's going to get a lot more targets with DeAndre Hopkins gone, and I think Will Fuller Will Fuller is going to become a better all around receiver in this offense now, and not just a deep shot guy. I think he's going to get more targets, so he's good in PPR, and he's still going to have the high end upside for big plays as well. Um, so yeah, so it's a, it's a definitely ex- exciting uh, proposition there for this for this offense.
0: Um, uh, I'm we're going to get to receiver because I'm, uh, I love Will Fuller. I've always been a big Will Fuller fan. Yeah, um yeah. But I think we, 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 we have a little bit of a slightly different take, but we'll, we'll get to there. So, yeah. um, you know, Deshaun Watson, no one's taking his job. There's no real use to go into backup quarterback or anything like that. I think we could probably just keep it moving to, uh, your, your shiny new toy that you're super excited to talk about. Yeah. Uh, our, yeah. our man, our main man, David Johnson, the newly acquired David Johnson, the, you know? Revitalizing his career, David Johnson, <laughs> uh, proving the doubters wrong, David Johnson. Uh, so why don't we talk about him, man? Um, you know, last year's numbers uh, abbreviated. Uh, you know, there's like kind of, I guess, you know, an asterisk we could put next to him. There's not much that we can take from them going into this new, uh, this new, you know, scene. Uh, but in you know, 13 games started, technically in nine of them. Uh, 94 rushing attempts, 345 yards, only two touchdowns on the ground for 3.7 yards per attempt. Uh, in the air, though, we know he's a, he's that dual threat type uh, running back. 47 targets, 36 receptions, 370 yards, 10.3 yards per receptions, four touchdowns with a 76.6 catch percentage, which is pretty good uh, for a running back. Um I know you're excited about him. I think you have every reason to be excited about him, knowing that they paid the hefty price of DeAndre Hopkins for him. They have to be excited about him. They have to be excited about having just a prototypical number one running back that they can lean on and rely on. They haven't had one of those guys in in quite a while that they had confidence in. It seems like, you know, even, you know, going back to, you saw, said Lamar Miller, he did great things for him, but they never felt like they were just completely confident in Lamar Miller either when he was there. So now they have their guy. How do you expect uh, him to be used this season? What kind of, uh, you know, receptions, rushing? Is he going to be on the field probably, uh, you know, 80% of the time? Or are we going to see him get spelled by Duke Johnson? What are your thoughts for DFS going into this season for our man David Johnson?
1: Uh, you know, I'm projecting David Johnson as a workhorse type back. Uh, Bill O'Brien has a history of kind of riding, riding one guy, and they don't have much depth at the running back room. I know Duke Johnson's sitting there, but uh, Duke Johnson's more of a receiving type back. David Johnson can do it all. He can pass protect. He can, he can catch the ball. He can run between the tackles. He run outside. He can do everything. So David Johnson really didn't like, like that Arizona offense. He didn't get along with Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury hated him. You can see he only got 94 attempts last year. So it was just a really bad thing. So now that he has a change of scenery with Bill O'Brien – I think he's going to have a much better relationship. He fits this offensive scheme better, and you're going to see more results of similar, not quite as good, but similar to what you saw from David Johnson back in like 2016, 2018 seasons when they were running more of a power running game and actually still getting him involved in the pass, pass game as well. Uh, so if you look at last year, Houston, Texas running back, Carlos Hyde was their early down running back. And Carlos Hyde's decent, but I could probably argue that David Johnson still is probably a little bit better than Carlos Hyde uh, in the run game in terms of his history. Uh, And 245 rush attempts for Carlos Hyde, over 1,000 yards, uh, 4.4 yards per reception, six touchdowns. Now, Carlos Hyde was not really targeted much. He only caught 10 balls. Now, the reason I'm bringing up Carlos Hyde is that David Johnson is going to take that role, and I believe he will have very similar Rushing production, which means he will have somewhere around if he plays a whole year, probably, you know, well over 200 rushing attempts and close to a thousand yards rushing and and probably uh, somewhere in that neighborhood of six to eight uh, rushing touchdowns, except for now you're going to add 40, you know, around 40 to 50 receptions and, you know, probably three or four receiving touchdowns as well to that. Uh, So if you look at that and you translate Carlos Hyde's stats, what he produced, uh, and then you add the extra passing work, Uh, I think David Johnson is a buy low candidate because everyone's really low on him because he had a horrible season. He burned a ton of people last year, whether you were drafting him in the first round of a season long or playing him in daily fantasy thinking he was a sleeper. He burned a lot of people. So people are off him. And that makes me want to go after him more because I know you get low ownership and these algorithms for DraftKings and FanDuel. Are going to look at those stats last year, analyze those, and he's going to be a cheap price early on. Uh, so it's one of those you have to be careful because he doesn't have a, a full off season to to learn the offense and acclimate. Um, but once he acclimates, you know I'm looking at their schedule here, and we got let's see one, two, three, four, week five against the Jaguars. You got Texans versus the Jaguars. That's a perfect game. That's October first, right? That By that time, David Johnson, if he's healthy, will have time to get acclimated, and he's got a great matchup. So that's an example right there where you would fire up uh, David Johnson. His price isn't going to be that high. Uh, so, yeah, so I got a, a really high outlook on him. I'm looking at about a 70-30 split with him and Duke Johnson. They could also run two running back sets where they keep the defense guessing on which running back it's going to stay in for pass pro or which running back is going to get the handoff or which running back is going to catch the ball in the backfield. Because both of those guys can do both those things there. So for really high on him. Um, and then uh, we should also probably talk about Duke Johnson because I think he's a great playmaker as well. Uh, what, so any other thoughts on David Johnson or do you want to go on to Duke Johnson?
0: yeah no, you you. I know you were fired up about David yeah, he, Johnson so I knew you yeah. I knew you weren't going to miss a beat on him and you didn't yeah. you, you, you touched on everything perfectly I think yeah. we both yeah. kind of have the same outlook where I think just the risk compare the risk to reward you know whether it's DFS season long, it's not there David Johnson is not necessarily that guy that everyone loves anymore I think you said it perfectly he left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths and as long as he can stay healthy I think you're, you're pretty much guaranteed a bounce back here I mean he what we've been seeing over him for the past few injury riddled seasons seems like a floor Um, and the ceiling, he's still young. He's still crazy athletic. It's still there. Um, You know, a lot of his injuries have been wrist you know, broken wrist, injured ankle, you know uh, I'm sure he's had his, his own fair share of knee problems and knee injuries, but you know, it's, it's worth noting that they haven't been there as much over the past few seasons. So I'm, I'm really excited about him. Duke Johnson, again, uh, it's just another awesome weapon for deshaun watson um you know he's a guy that he's always feel like he's been underutilized over there in cleveland that's why he asked to be traded and we we've seen the texans paid a heavy price for him initially to get him um you know it wasn't it's something that a lot of people looked at and were immediately thinking duke johnson's going to be a household name now because he's going to be an everyday starter starting running back um that's the kind of price that they paid for him but uh, he still sort of seems like he's in that sort of receiving role type uh, type atmosphere. He's not really you know, breaking his way out of that. We saw once they got Carlos Hyde in there that it was immediately going to be just that same old Duke Johnson playing third down type role. Um, you know, now we're wondering that yeah, with David Johnson in there, a guy that, like you said, isn't every down workhorse back could play three downs, what's Duke Johnson going to do? And I, he's still going to be involved. Let's be real. This this offense has a lot of injury-riddled guys in there. Between uh, between David Johnson himself being injury in his injury history, wool Fuller in his injury history, Brandon Cooks in his concussion history, uh, there's a lot of injuries in there. So he's going to get involved. He's going to be spelling guys. He's going to be playing in the slot here and there. He's going to be lining up, like you said, in those two back sets where they're going to disguise who's staying in to block. Uh, He's going to be really involved. And is he a guy that I'm going to be gravitating towards in DFS on a weekly basis? No, I think, you know, he's going to be that week to week guy that we see benefiting from somebody just taking a week off because they're nursing an ankle injury. If somebody misses time, he's going to step up in their absence. Uh, And he's going to be a guy that's going to be heavily involved on the field in those games where we're expecting them to be trailing. I think you said, you know, they have a matchup with KC early on probably going to be heavily involved in that game. They're going to be trailing from behind. They're going to be throwing late into the fourth quarter, and they're going to be using him in the red zone, I'm sure, a lot, too. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was pretty much one of their go-to red zone targets, uh, You know, a guy that you can throw it up to, go for the jump ball. Well, now they're going to have to go with another guy that's shifty across the middle, a guy that can create space, and I can see Duke Johnson being that guy right by the pylon for those two, three, four-yard passes. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited about him in some aspect, but I'm not going to get overly excited. I've been doing that with Duke Johnson for quite some time now, and I've never seen my, uh, you know, I've always been a Duke Johnson fan. I've, I've been one of the guys saying, give the guy the ball. Give him the ball in space. He can make plays. He's never been given an opportunity. But um, you got to temper expectations sometimes. So I don't I don't know if you have anything else to add on him. Uh, yeah, he's totally,
1: great. he's totally that guy where everyone's like, give him the ball. He's talented. And, you know, they gave him the ball a decent amount last year. Um, I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm downgrading Duke Johnson Jr. a little bit because uh, of the fact that uh, Randall Cobb's there in the slot now. Mm -hmm. So Duke Johnson may not get as many opportunities to line up as like a slot receiver like he does a lot uh, uh, as a running back, but he basically plays slot receiver sometimes. uh, And that helps him in the pass game. And then also David Johnson being able to uh, catch the ball as well out of the backfield. So that's why I would downgrade him. He is talented enough like you said, in certain matchups, he will he can pop off, and you know he has the capability of making big plays and obviously catching a lot of passes and catching touchdowns. So he will probably pop off for a couple games, but good luck guessing which game that is. He's not gonna have very much volume at all. So he's gonna be a boomer bust type guy, but he's gonna I think bust more than boom because of the, not as much volume there. Um, so he's decent. I would just say overall, going back to David Johnson, I know I talked a lot about him. Another thing to keep in mind is this offensive line is much improved compared to what the Houston Texans used to, be, used to be. So it's a young offensive line with Laramie Tunsell anchoring that offensive line and a lot of young guys inside that are really solid, uh, offensive linemen. So I like the offensive line. And if you compare that to David Johnson last year with Arizona, who was a really bad offensive line, uh, I think that's also going to help David Johnson with more of a power zone running scheme, uh, compared to just that spread offense that Arizona was running with a really bad uh, offensive line. So the offensive line upgrades both the running backs here as well. And they don't really have much depth besides that, you know, you got Taiwan Jones and Buddy Howell and, you know, some of these like uh, guys that you'll see flash in the preseason, but they're kind of younger guys. So it's going to be really interesting if one of those guys gets injured, David Johnson or Duke Johnson to figure out like which guy it is, you know, is it buddy Howell? Not really sure. Are they going to sign someone in free? agency? That's,
0: that's what would happen in my opinion. I think they would just bring somebody in. They would, yeah. that's what they've always kind of done.
1: Yeah. Probably. Uh, there. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's, that's what, so I think we talked enough about uh, running back. Uh, so, uh, What do you think about the uh, wide receivers here? You got 150 targets vacated by DeAndre Hopkins. So why don't you talk about the wide receivers, try to figure that out?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the addition to Brandon Cooks, that's the first thing that we think that's where a lot of that volume is going to go. And this is where I think we kind of had a little bit of a difference. Why uh, you think, you know, Will Fuller is going to pretty much be that prototypical number one guy. I do think his role is going to increase. But, you know, Cooks has shown that he could be a number one receiver. If he's healthy and he's on the field – I think last year's season, due to the concussions, it's kind of hard to really, you know, take anything for granted. Uh, we're talking, you know, he had one of his career lows uh, in catch percentage at only 50, uh, 58.3. That was his low, one of his lowest since his days in New England, where he was kind of just thrown into a new offense. Didn't spend a lot of time there. Didn't really know how to acclimate himself and also dealt with concussions. Um, I, you know, most notably another one. And I think it was uh, playoffs. Remember, he had that big hit. Uh, where he was concussed and pretty much unconscious on the field. So this has been one thing about him. So if he could stay healthy, if he could show these concussions aren't going to be an issue, um, I think the number one job is his. I think that he'll lead the team in targets. I think he'll lead the team in receptions. And I think he'll be over 1,000 yards. I think he'll go back to what we're used to seeing when Brandon Cooks is the number one receiver. I mean, bottom line is there's a reason why a lot of teams want this guy. And he's he's excellent. Um, You know, a lot of people kind of associate him as a burner, just that deep route guy. He could be a possession receiver. I, I'm not saying he's going to be like a DeAndre Hopkins where he needs to have 150 targets for over 100 catches. That's not going to happen. Uh, but I think 120 targets for 80 receptions is well in the play of, uh, well, in, uh, well into the well, realm of possibilities, uh, is what I would say. I do think that he'll lead the team in targets. I think he's probably the first go-to option when I'm looking at a receiver in this offense as far as DFS. Um, Will Fuller is going to be more of my, you know, GPP type option. I'm not saying that you can't look at both these guys week in and week out, but when I think of the guy that's going to, you know, just have the best, like best week on the season, I think that's going to be Will Fuller. He can have one of those, you know, six catches for 180 yards or three touchdown games. But I think week to week, it's going to be Brandon Cooks leading the team in receptions and yards.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to make my argument back here. I'm going to, I'm going to have you argue against yourself. So being the, the, the off season the way it is and the fact that Brandon Cooks hasn't really played with Deshaun Watson, who do you think has better rapport in chemistry and knows the offense better? Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks?
0: I will absolutely give it to Will Fuller <laughs> on that and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that away, but You know, we can say the same argument about, you know, a guy not really knowing an offense, but his first year in New England, 65 receptions for 1,082 yards, seven touchdowns. His first year with the Rams after he left New England, uh, 117 targets, 80 80 receptions for 1,200 yards and five touchdowns. So he's, he's never been a guy that struggled learning playbooks quickly. Um, he's actually thrived in those roles in his first seasons with teams. So I'm not really worried about necessarily him coming in there and struggling to learn the playbook. I guess you know not having training camps right now and not having time with the team is going to affect him a little bit. But he's a guy that I fully anticipate to pick it up quickly.
1: No, like uh, Brandon Cooks and David Johnson haven't even met the coaching staff in person yet. That's the crazy thing about this offseason. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, I think that this and that's and the reason why I, I vary with your with your opinion there. I mean, Brandon Cooks does have that type of talent upside, but I've seen Brandon Cooks do nothing but decline in, in terms of uh, his overall athleticism. I don't know if he's as is, is good as he used to be. He's had a lot of injuries. He's not getting any younger, and he totally relied on that speed and quickness and athleticism. So I feel like he's, his skills are just declining. He's having a hard time staying healthy. It's a new offense for him. I think he's a little bit limited in terms of his route tree and his ability to get off press coverage. Where Will Fuller has a little bit more size and physicality, I what I saw is that Will Fuller improved in his intermediate and short routes, his route tree, last year. I know he does have an issue with drops occasionally, but I think overall he'll be fine still. Uh, I just think his chemistry, when healthy, his chemistry and his his uh, knowledge of the offense, he is going to be their number one go-to receiver in my opinion. Uh, and I feel like he's due for like a hundred targets, uh, which is going to be huge for him. So I I think that Will Fuller is. I agree with you. Traditionally, he's known as a boomer bust, deep shot guy who's unreliable. But I feel like he's improved in his role. Will be the role kind of like DeAndre Hopkins had. Uh, before, and So I expect him obviously over a thousand yard uh, receiving type guy and a guy that can get easily six to eight touchdowns uh, and have a huge year in this offense. And I feel like he has a better floor and he still has the high upside. Um, so we're, we're, I guess we'll see, because obviously we have different varying opinions on there. So, so you like Will Fuller, but you're also nervous about him like a lot of people are, right? <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I'm not I'm not necessarily nervous about him. I just know that, you know, I think personally a lot of people are underrating Brandon Cooks at this stage in his career. Um, a lot of the things you touched on, he's really not even that old. I believe he's only he's like 27, 28 years old. So he's not even at that 30. 30 year mark. Um, so he's still pretty young and, and fresh. I think, you know, Will Fuller is only like a year or two younger than him. If anything, I think he's about 26. If I'm not mistaken, I got to look at that real fast. I don't like to talk out of my rear end without knowing for sure. But I believe he's, I believe he's about 26 years old. So he's a little bit younger. He's a couple of years younger. Um, you know, cooks is a little undersized 5'10", but, and we're not talking. Will Fuller's like uh, you know, six, three, six, four kind of guy, he's six foot flat. So, I mean, he's not that jump ball type guy. So that's my, that's kind of my reasoning. I think that this is going to be a team that likes to spread it around. Um, I don't know if, if Fuller, even with his injury history, uh, he's coming off core surgery. Um, that's uh, one of the worst kinds of injuries we could see in an athlete, just because that's where a lot of your power and explosiveness comes from it is your core. So we also have to factor in with the, with the injury. I think both these guys are injury concerns. So when I, when I toss it up, if I'm just writing them out, they both played 16 games. I do think that Cooks probably finishes just a little bit better. Um, But I think that, you know, neither one of them is going to be probably getting much more than 70 to 80 receptions at the absolute most with how many weapons that they have surrounding them.
1: Yeah. So see where I, where I differ. And I know that's a bold statement is I look at Will Fuller's role, similar to DeAndre Hopkins last, last few years. I'm not saying the exact same production, but I'm saying even if you get in the ballpark of DeAndre Hopkins production, that's a that's a great value, and then Brandon Cooks, if he stays healthy, would be more like Will Fuller's old role, kind of like the deep shot type guy, the boomer bust type guy. That's the way I look at it. Um, and then we should definitely address Randall Cobb. I think he's been pretty solid, even though he's a veteran. I think that uh, with those speed guys, Fuller and Cooks on the outside, that's going to create a ton of room to operate. Uh, Underneath, And I think Deshaun Watson, with his ability to elude uh, tacklers and and kind of find openings, he's going to be able to hit those guys over the middle uh, like your uh, Randall Cobb. So I expect Randall Cobb to be pretty good for PPR formats, and he's kind of more of a safe kind of of middle-of-the-road guy. He's not going to be a high-ceiling guy, but he he still can actually have some pretty good run-after-the-catch ability. He's a really savvy route runner. He definitely finds the holes in the zone. He has a ton of experience. So I like Randall Cobb in a PPR format. Um, and, and then uh, real quick, Kenny Stills is, is still going to be really good for a boomer bust type wide receiver. I just don't know uh, you know, how many targets he's going to get, but he still will get some targets and still get a role in this offense. So uh, what's your opinion on uh, Randall Cobb and Stills here?
0: Uh, as far as Randall Cobb, I'm not expecting much from him personally. I mean, at this stage in his career, I think it's a great veteran you know, leadership role type thing. And I think that's pretty much why he's brought in. Um, I mean, you know, talking about age, he's over these I think he's gonna be 30 this season, maybe 31. He's small undersized guy, you know, he's stayed fairly healthy over the past few seasons been a little banged up here and there. Um, Decent signing, but I'm not expecting much outside of, you know, a couple of those 14 to 16, 18 point games in DFS. We'll probably see that three or four times during the season. Not much more. I would expect more things from Kenny Stills. Actually, I still think that Kenny Stills is another guy in this offense that's going to get overlooked Um, where, you know, when you look at his numbers last season. Yeah, they don't necessarily pop off the page with, you know, 40 receptions, 561 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, but he only had 14 point, uh, 14 yards per reception, and that's a career low for Kenny Stills. Um, he's still that very much a deep threat, but he's also shown that he can he can be just that decent underneath guy. Not every shot has to be taken to him; uh, needs to be a deep one. So I, I would ex- expect Kenny Stills to have a better season than Cobb personally. Um, does that say that I'm going to be relying on Kenny Stills in DFS week to week? No, it's still going to be Fuller and Cooks as you know my one and two. Uh, me having Cooks a little bit higher. And you have been fully a little higher, and then th- one of these guys. And I would prefer Stills as far as DFS, is because I'm I'm a GPP player. I don't think Cobb is a, a ceiling type player where you know he's going to have a three touchdown game or anything like that. If anything, that's going to come from a guy like Stills. So I'm probably not going to find myself using Cobb too often. I'll probably use Stills here and there um, in games where I expect them to be shootouts.
1: Yeah, he's he's more of a he's more of a cash game kind of. Uh, if you get Randall Cobb super cheap on DraftKings at a PPR format, because he mm-hmm. he's still very savvy to be able to catch some balls over the middle. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of space underneath. Uh, yeah. And then the, the tight end position, uh, this offense traditionally doesn't really target the tight ends a ton. Uh, they do have some pretty talented tight ends. Uh, I like Darren Fells. He's the type of guy that can block really well. So he's going to be on the field a ton and he does get some targets. He had 48 targets last year. Uh, and Darren Fells uh, was really a big red zone threat. I mean, this guy is like a basketball player, you know, he's kind of like, reminds you like Antonio Gates, like posting up players in the end zone. He's really good uh, at that. Uh, so he kind of has that ability to do that, uh, and, and catch a lot of touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns last year. So, uh, being that they have all these weapons and that the, the safeties and everyone is going to be paying attention to Will Fuller and cooks and stills and all those guys uh darren fells is going to get some opportunities in the red zone again so i think he's a decent uh su- you know he's super cheap on DraftKings. like some weeks he was like 2500 2700 you know he was usually around like three thousand dollars so if you can hit him on a week where he has a- one or two touchdowns he's kind of touchdown dependent uh he's pretty good play there uh what do you think about darren fells
0: yeah, he's touchdown dependent, um, you know, not a guy that they really, you know, look to for anything but uh, a touchdown or a first down in short short yardage situations. Um, so, you know, when it's, you know, third and three, third and two and, you know, he's dropping back, it's not getting handed off. Uh, Darren Fells, I think he what did he have he had, uh, I think, 24 or 22 first downs out of his 34 receptions. So it's, you know, seven of them touchdowns. So it's either a touchdown or it's a first down. Not a guy that's going to be big yards. Probably not going to see a lot of production as far as uh, volume uh, in the passing game, just with all those other weapons that we did say. So, yep, boomer bust. Not a guy I'm probably going to be stacking too often with, unless you're predicting a Deshaun Watson four touchdown game and you needed a $2,500 tight end. Uh, otherwise, not a guy that I'm overly excited about.
1: Yeah, and they they also uh, had Jordan Thomas was injured last year. If he comes back healthy, they'll rotate him in as a pass-catching athletic tight end. Uh, So if he's in the mix and then Jordan Atkins is another tight end that gets a lot of uh, play as well, who also had uh, 55 targets, 36 catches last year, 418 yards, and two touchdowns. So he had a lot of play as well. So they spread it out among the tight ends. They don't get a ton of volume there, but it's spread out between the two or three guys, just depending on health. So that's where it's not very concentrated, and it's not a a big target in this offense. Uh, But if you need a minimum-price guy in the right game script, it's one, one, one person that you can look at. If you want the uh, tight end on fan duels, like 4,500, that's perfect. Like, you know, play for Darren Fells, right? Cause he's touchdown dependent on, on fan duels. You get one touchdown, he pays off that. That's right
0: exactly away. what you're looking for. When you're just yeah. looking for that random tight end that you're just kind of yeah. throwing in there all lonesome by himself, you, you spent yeah. up on receiver and running back, you're looking for a guy that's touchdown dependent. Um, yeah. And you know, if you're a GPP type player, you know, maybe that's not the guy you're looking for in a cash game. You want to play a little bit more safe. Uh, you had your bet with a few of these touchdown-like dependent players. You're playing three or four lineups. You want to switch and miss, miss and match at a tight end. There's usually three guys in the player pool week to week that are very touchdown-dependent, where one or two of those guys are catching a to touchdown.
1: Yeah, Deshaun Watson really likes him, so that's a good sign there. And he's a, definitely a great red zone target. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins in the red zone anymore, so that could give him more yeah. red zone targets for these tight ends now. So that's a good good sign there, too. Um, All right.
0: As far as, um, you know, I don't know if there's anything else we wanted to talk about with tight ends, but as far as their defense, we've touched on it several times already about uh, they were pretty poor last season. They gave up a lot of points, yards all over the place, whether it was on the ground or in the air. Uh, I think they're a little bit okay. I guess we can call them on the ground in the red zone, but even then, not fantastic. So why don't you take us into what we're expecting as far as this defense again this season, knowing that it seems like all they really had were departures other than a few draft picks.
1: Yeah, I mean, they lost. Like I said, they lost DJ Reader kind of concerns me there. Uh, So that hurts the pass rush. That's going to hurt the uh, nose tackle position for uh, stopping the uh, stopping the run. Uh, so yeah this is a team that you could definitely run on Uh, you know they got veteran Timmy Jernigan uh, in there we'll talk about Russ uh, Blacklock that they drafted who's uh, you know a decent going to be a decent defensive tackle but yeah overall you can attack this team and I don't really think their safeties are that great they got Justin Reed as the strong safety but the free safety that's going to cover people is a big question mark because remember I mentioned that Tayshawn Gibson was pretty decent at coverage and he got injured and they cut him so now you're looking at like Eric Murray uh Jalen Watkins some of these guys that aren't really that great at cover safeties you don't really know who's going to like cover tight ends so this is the team that you can attack the defense with tight ends if you have a solid tight end against them uh and you can you can attack the defense with wide receivers that are deep threats because the the cornerbacks aren't are decent coverage, but they're not great. And they're not going to have very good coverage uh, from the safety in terms of health there. So I think the secondary is a weakness. They really like this Gary on Conley, who was a guy that played at Ohio state that they, they, they traded for with the Raiders. He was a former first round pick. So they got Gary and Conley and Bradley Roby is back at starting corner. Those guys are okay, but you can attack them. They're the, they, they will get beat uh, occasionally. So they're not guys that you have to shy away from. And like I said, there's a weakness at safety. Uh, and I don't think, you know, the pass rush is okay, but it really wasn't that great last year. And it, and it's not getting much better. I know they have Whitney Merciless and, They got JJ Watt, but he's not getting any younger either. Uh, So, definitely a a defense. When you see them on the schedule, you want to fire them up. And you can definitely, this is a perfect opportunity for game stacks. But you want to do Deshaun Watson and, you know, uh, Will Fuller and then bring it back with someone from the other team or vice versa. Uh, You're going to, there's going to be a ton of game stacks and a lot of good game scripts because I don't see the defense taking a huge step forward this year and possibly being worse. So, they're a bottom tier uh defense there um uh, which is good for dfs i guess it definitely wouldn't target them uh for a team defense you know in, in, in any fantasy format where you've had to play a defense
0: no you're absolutely right and those games were expecting shootouts this defense is going to let up a lot of points a lot of defenses aren't afraid to challenge them whether it's in the air or on the ground um, i said earlier it's going to be a very difficult team to game stack uh game stack Um, but it's going to be a fun one to take shots on. Um, just knowing that, you know, with Watson, we, you know, trying to get the right pair of uh, receivers that we're going to be pairing them with, it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, there's going to be some times where we're taking chances with both Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, stack them with Deshaun Watson. Um, Both those guys can easily get a touchdown 100 yards in the air. We could see Watson even take one in the ground on the same game. All of a sudden, you're counting your cash. Uh, But, you know, like we said, there's going to be plenty of options and opportunities for these other guys. They're going to be chipping in uh, in the air, on the ground, plenty of different ways. So uh, we covered everything pretty well. Uh, We're going to talk about the draft now. There's a little bit to break down. We know that they lost a lot of these picks that they would have had um, in trades with Tunsil. So. Why don't you break down the draft, who you're expecting to see as, you know, an immediate impact and guys that are going to be names that we can look forward to in future years.
1: Yeah, basically, their draft this year was, uh, you know, Laramie Tutzel and uh, Duke Johnson and uh, Brandon Cooks, right? I mean, because that's why they didn't have as many draft picks. Um, But they did get a a draft pick back, the second round pick in the David Johnson trade, everyone's favorite trade there, uh, DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. In the second round with the 40th overall pick, they took defense alignment Ross Blacklock from TCU. A guy that was really highly graded as one of the top defensive tackles in the draft. So to get him in the second round was really good. He's uh, a guy that could be a potential replacement at nose tackle in this 3-4 scheme. Uh he's a little bit uh he's really tall. He's like you know six four two ninety, so he's not as stout for a nose tackle position. So he'd probably have to develop and add a little bit more weight for nose tackle, but you could put him at nose tackle on rushing downs. Uh, you know, he's pretty quick and you know, could get a pass uh nice uh you know, some pass rush up the middle. Uh, he can also play that defensive end position in the three4 scheme uh, and be very effective there as well. So he is a big big guy that's uh, moves well, again taller, more than stout, uh, needs to add a little bit of strength there, but he's uh, he's very quick and athletic and uh, played great at TCU. So I think that that's a great addition. He can rotate in right away and he can develop as the future nose tackle there and uh, you know rotate in and out. And then in the third round they took uh, Jonathan Greenard, from Florida, He was a graduate transfer, transferred to Florida. This guy last year, uh, so he's a big outside 3-4 edge linebacker, 6'3", 263. Uh, again, a big physical athlete, all team. Uh, he was all SEC first team last year in 2019. He had his big breakout year, uh, 15 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks, 52 tackles. He was making plays all over the place, pass breakups, interceptions, you know, fumbles, all those type of things. So he's a good playmaker that they're going to develop on the edge because they definitely need to improve, uh, their pass rush, uh, uh, opposite, uh, Whitney Mercil is their top pass rusher there. So he can develop behind him. Uh, and then in the fourth round, they took Charlie Heck, who is an offensive tackle. His uh, dad played in the league. He's got a good bloodline there. Uh, and this guy's from North Carolina, a 6'8", 309 So he's a big guy, especially in terms of height. And he's a developmental tackle that they'll look as a, a swing tackle. He can, he can back up both positions. Uh, their offensive line is actually pretty solid, but they need a depth there. So he, he uh, helps with that. And then in the fourth round, one pick 141, they took cornerback John Reed out of Penn state who actually, yeah, very athletic, uh, you know, uh, fast cornerback who graded out really good at Penn state. So for a fourth round pick, he's a really good corner and, uh, he, he's the type of guy that could that could compete for a starting position, or at least provide good depth because they don't have a lot of depth there. They got a lot of young guys at cornerback, but no one that really stands out. So he's a good, uh, definitely a position to need. And then uh, as if they didn't have enough wide receivers, I guess they do have a lot of injury issues. They took in the fifth round wide receiver Isaiah Coulter out of Rhode Island, and so he's a deep pick, uh, a kind of a sleeper pick there. And this guy uh, at Rhode Island, he's 6'2", 198, one ninety eight. He's got decent size. Last year, he caught 72 passes, over 1,000 yards receiving, and eight touchdowns. So he's really solid. He's got very good body control, really strong hands, uh, and uh, and he's still got that good speed as well and decent size. So they really liked him as a developmental guy because, you know, some of these guys are, you know, obviously, you know, uh, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, you don't know how long they're going to be there, and the other guys have injury question marks. So it's good that they have another wide receiver that they can get in the mix there uh, especially with their injury history uh, so that was their draft uh, like I said they, they traded away a lot of stuff uh, a lot of draft capital to get uh, Laramie Tunsil who, who's a signed a new contract and is a is a pro bowl left tackle so a lot better offensive line so that was a good move by them but overall I think it was a pretty decent draft but nothing like pops out that's uh, you know like a huge move or anything like that it was mostly that they traded away those picks, but they're pretty solid guys to develop within the scheme. And they, they fit some positions of need there. Uh, I was surprised that they didn't draft the safety though, uh, because I think that there is a need at safety here, like I was talking about. So, uh, yeah. so that's pretty much the the summary of the draft there. And uh, that, that kind of sums up, I think everything with the Texans, anything else you got on the Texans that w- that we need to pay attention to in DFS?
0: No, no, nothing. I mean, uh, just quickly on uh, the kid Coulter out of Rhode Island, Um just, He is going to be their biggest receiver, I think, 6'2". Actually, uh, besides him, I think Kenny Stills is uh, 6'1". Then you have the two small guys, 5'10", with Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks, and then Fuller's is foot. So, so, you know, biggest receiver in the room, and he's got some pretty decent speed. If injuries happen, he might be a name that we can keep an eye on as a, you know, deep sleeper type guy. Other than that, no, I think it's going to be a spread around offense. We hit on everything pretty much um, entirely. So, you know, as we always say, please, guys, if you have a second, uh, give us a nice rate and review. Hit that, uh, you know, the subscribe button right down there. Get your alerts for when we do provide a show, which is every single day. One of the only providers I know out there in the business that you can get content from every single day. And then I would also encourage you to, you know, uh, give us a comment. Give us that rate on uh, iTunes, five stars. We're available all over the place. Stitcher, iTunes, uh, uh, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, uh, all over the place, guys. So we really do appreciate it. It means a lot to us, allows us to continue to grow and produce this content. And then, uh, you know, jump in our Discord. Um, It's a blast out there, guys. We're producing, you know, fun contests. I know another one just started. You can guys get some your cool merch uh, you can win some merch. We got it out here. We got the DFS co- shark all over the place. Uh, so please, guys, check us out. We really do appreciate it. And then give us a follow on Twitter. You can find me at MikeApatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And you can find Shane. Let me see if I can get this. D- Detroit. So it's D-E-T. Sports?
1: Yep.
0: Shane. Shane. All right. Yep, just make sure. So spell it out. D-E-T-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-H-A-N-E. D- Detroit sports Shane, uh, follow us on Twitter. I know you're growing over there, man. Answer and you're, Shane's awesome, guys. So uh, if you have your football questions, if we didn't cover it, if you don't know something, just pops into your head, shoot it at him. Uh, he'll answer, it. he'll field it for you, he'll give you your thoughts. Um, or yeah, you, you know what? If you're already in the Discord, you've probably already had that question answered a long time ago. So that's the difference. We're here for you on Twitter. If you want to get us right away? You can direct message or you can even just jump in our main chat on Discord and get anything you want answered. So. Those are the perks. Anything else you want to leave us on, Shane?
1: No, I mean you can go to DFScoachtalk.com, check out our website, and you could subscribe right on there. Once you subscribe, your you know your membership is is frozen until the major you know American sports start back up. We are providing free uh, Korean baseball so- association to KBO lineups right now. We've had a lot of fun with that, definitely cashed on that last night. Yeah, it was another good slate. Uh, so yeah, so we're we're looking forward to regular sports starting up, but right now we're preparing and we're still playing some of these other sports as well. And you can, like you said, hop in our Discord and a lot of good fantasy discussion and contests we have going on. So we got a lot of exciting things going on at DFS Coach Talk, and uh, we're we're ready to go when sports does start up for the major sports.
0: Absolutely, brother. Well, so as always, it's a pleasure doing the show with you. Uh, I'm gonna be running around with a like, chicken, my head cut off, trying to find some buns for my hot dogs and hamburgers in a little while. Uh, I, I found a place. It's hard to find meat right now, so I found a place <laughs> that had the hot dogs. I found a place that have the hamburger meat, so I could make my. I like to make my own burgers. They yeah. didn't have the bun, so I, you know I can't have my cake and eat it too, man. So I'm on a bun hunt later. I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope everybody else enjoying them. I'll be back tomorrow with another show. I'll be on with Andrew. Uh, we'll be wrapping some things up over here, but football is starting to wind down, man. So we we need our we need our sports to come soon. We're going to start touching back, I think, a little bit on some more baseball. I'm sure because that looks like the sport that we're going to get the the soonest. Uh, so as always, guys, thank you for listening. Enjoy your Memorial Day. Uh, stay safe. Have some fun with some family, and take care from DFS Coach Talk. Boom. 55 minutes.
1: Okay, that's fine. Yep, that's not too
0: Nah, there are a lot of offensive weapons to talk about, and that's basically what you're spending most of the time in DFS on, offense. It is
1: is interesting, though, that the the running backs and really the wide receivers are controversial. I mean, the only thing that people can really, like, probably agree on is that Deshaun Watson's going to be probably good. You know, although some people might think that, you know, he's going to be not as good because of uh, losing Hopkins. But – you know, I'm high on David Johnson. Other people might say he's still trash. Get rid of him. Uh, you know, you were a little higher on Cooks. So I was a little higher on Will Fuller. Yeah. But, you know, so it's a lot of question marks, you know. But someone's going to do good in this offense. It's going to produce, you know. Oh, With Deshaun absolutely. Watson running around, man. He's, I mean, this guy ended up... And actually, the offensive line just keeps getting better and better. That's uh, that, that's going to open up a lot.
0: We, could just see it be like the Will Fuller and Brandon Cook show alternating week to week? They're both yeah. like right around that nine hundred to a mar- thousand yard mark. Uh, yeah. You know, Cook's going to have nine eighty six and then Fuller can have one thousand and ten yards. And it wouldn't shock me. Um, I mean, both yeah. these guys are very talented. I think it's just going to come down to health with them. I, I would be very shocked if both those guys play 16 yeah. games. I know that would that would probably the most, well, be the most surprising thing.
1: Yeah, the, the number one viewed thing is the is going to be the Texans injury report to see what's going on with Will Fuller's hamstring and what's going on with Brandon Cooks. Does he got a concussion? ACL? Yeah, yeah it's like
0: that's no, where like, I think Stills is going to capitalize because a lot of people, if Cooks goes down. A lot of people are going to be immediate chalk Will Fuller, yeah, and I don't blame them. Same same things going to be vice versa. Fuller goes down, immediate chalk cooks. That's yeah. where Stills is going to step up. I think Stills would be the other outside guy, and he would be the media guy I'm thinking about for DFS. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be super
1: cheap, and you know that week he could probably get 100 yards and a touchdown or something like that, which is great because he'd he'd be like you know four thousand dollars on DK or something stupid like that.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll be I'll tell you right now I'll be loading up on that scenario on him, and those are the scenarios I'd probably really be looking at him because these guys aren't staying healthy. I think you you can pretty much bank on you know maybe 13 games at most from both of them.
1: Yeah, no, I know I'm really hoping Will Fuller can because like I said I feel like he can be. A regular top wide receiver one, and I know that's you know hard to imagine with him with his history, but I think I think he can take the step now this year if he stays healthy. We'll see. Uh, So yeah, so I'm excited about that, and we'll see if the David Johnson prediction comes true that he actually is a legit running back this year. Because yeah, if if he doesn't
0: (laughs) produce this year, it's it's that trade looks bad after that.
1: I was fortunate, you know, in one of my main leagues last year, I know you play a lot of season long leagues. I took him with the number one pick because I was drafting like six or seven and I really wanted a running back, right? He was my number one running back on my ranking. So I had to take him and it was a complete disaster. I had to pretty much bench him. Like I think I might have cut him at the end of the year, uh, but I lucked out because in the third round I took Aaron Jones and in the fifth round I took Miles Sanders. So I was able to plug Miles Sanders in there second half of the year. Aaron Jones ended up winning the championship, so I drafted David Johnson in the first round and won the championship. Yeah, <laughs> which, which was a miracle because I had
0: I I was the opposite. I was one of those teams that was absolute. Like me and Santino always talk about our hometown league because we've had the same core group of like twelve guys in the same league
1: yeah. for
0: almost probably almost about eighteen years now.
1: Yeah, I so think like, I'm over it, ten years with my guys, so I know how it is. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. And those are the leagues. Like I'm in leagues with writers from NBC, from ESPN. I do leagues with guys all over the place, and I don't care about those leagues half as much as I care about my hometown league. Oh yeah. To get under here we talk. We have a separate shit talking, yeah. bragging rights. Then. Oh, oh yeah. it's bad. So I had the best. Oh, yeah. team. Best regular season record, not even close. Like if I had Cook, oh. I had Mara, my quarterbacks. I had Matt Ryan, and I drafted Cam Newton, and I didn't have Cam, but I had uh, I had Cousins and Matt Ryan. My quarterbacks were excellent. I had I drafted Waller at tight end. My receivers were my, the best part of it. Nope, worst the worst week happened uh, first week of playoffs or second week yeah. actually. A pie, I think, and uh, yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So yeah, I did so all- my.
1: My team was uh, the opposite. No, I've seen a lot of guys do that where they just go nuts in the regular season and you just get bad matchups or injuries. My team was solid all year. And then they completely those guys completely went crazy in the playoffs. Like I scored like 250 points, like two weeks in a row or something ridiculous. So I just yeah, I was just it was partial, you know, having a good. Line up got a little bit of luck there, too. With my my team
0: computer coach. might be cutting out. It just it just went black on me. But my screen went black. But I still hear you. I don't know what just happened.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you, are you still recording or –